7 o'clock, rise and shine pile. It is a Tuesday edition of the Jim Davis Show. A pre-scheduled B-team edition, Buckeye and Baked Goods. But Jim may be somewhere between Denver, the top of Vail Pass, shuttered in the car, and here. Last I heard, they were getting ready to open the roads. He went over and was the guest of our friends at Altitude uh, TV and Radio on whatever day that was that he was there. I believe that was Sunday. And uh, was coming back tomorrow or yesterday. The Sunday's tomorrow. That'd be yesterday. And uh, got uh, stranded a little bit. Hopefully he's back and warm and snug as a bug. And are you okay over there? You look lost. Oh, we got no nibbles in the sidecar. That would be interesting. We'll have to... uh, Matriculate that. Maybe uh, reboot your board. Who knows? I don't know if we're uh, if we're going to have an issue there. That would be a whole lot of fun if we're going to have one of those uh, things happen for us. But uh, maybe Baked Goods will join me here, but it's Buckeye Boy. It is a Tuesday edition. It's a B-team edition. You can get your thoughts in. On the phone line, 970-242-1340. Text, call. You can uh, send a carrier pigeon. You can email. We don't have an email address. Your carrier pigeon's going to be late. You can write a letter. We'll get that probably Friday or Monday. However you want to get in to the program, we are, uh, we're set to receive your content. There's a lot of uh, lot going on, not the least of which NFL Super Wild Card Weekend that's going on you had uh colorado mesa on the road lots of high school basketball over the weekend the abs going north to the border a and losing to the canadians that's not very fun also not very fun is valerian achuskin going into the uh, player assistance program excuse me as We don't really know exactly why. We don't know really the whys about what happened in Seattle at the end of the playoffs now last year. But it seems as if maybe the problems that precipitated that sending home of Nechuskin are now rearing their ugly head. We hope that into the player assistance program, like Samuel Gerard was earlier this year, he's been back since last month but hopefully now that you can uh uh hopefully Natuskin can get into the program get the assistance he needs and uh hopefully eventually at some point come back for the Colorado Avalanche as they get closer to the postseason but the Avs on their northern uh northeastern Canada road trip or southeastern Canada road trip the Nuggets on their northeastern road trip as well a five game roadie starts tonight in Philadelphia that will be uh, uh quickly upon us as well we'll talk a little abs talk a little nuggets we got Montrose head coach of the girls squad Steve Skiff joining us here in about 15 minutes it's our uh regular Tuesday check-in with uh our college football and basketball insider Wyatt Thompson Mav Day coming up in the nine o'clock hour there's pole dancing there's around the NFL in about an hour also nibbles Pending his studio actually working and yours truly, we're going to have a little bit of fun today with the coaching vacancies. 
We're going to do a little uh, coaching vacancy draft. We're going to draft our head coaches. And still nothing from you over there. Your studio seems to be shot. That uh, sounds like a whole lot of fun. I'm Not for nothing, this is not going to help one iota, but that board was working two hours ago. <laughs> so I don't know how much. Yeah, that doesn't really help. Uh, double freedom pistols coming my way. I appreciate that. But just saying that it wasn't, wasn't necessarily me. You had, uh, you know, top tier tech support uh, tier one there with uh, Mr. Britt. Maybe you have to elevate that to tier two who uh, was here this morning and in his office. Hopefully, if you want to go attack uh, to Chicago, Bob, and see if he can't, you know, figure out hey, what's going on there. Uh, but we're going to be flying solo, and maybe Nibbles will come in here and hang out with me at some point. Who knows? But that's all on the board for you today. So NFL playoffs happening over the weekend. Got out of the way early. My Browns were what a fraud. What an absolute fraud of a football team. Supposed to be a great defense. Will Buffett by saying Joe Flacco threw two touchdown passes to the Texans. That didn't help. Only threw one to the Browns. Uh, still take away that 14 points. It's still 29 to 14. And CJ Stroud, what a dude. Five incompletions, three touchdown passes. It got to the point Davis Mills, the human victory cigar that is Davis Mills, got in and got to take a handful of snaps for the Browns as well. Browns, or for the uh, Texans, Browns, not great. Uh, Joe Flacco, not particularly uh, thrilling. No running game to speak of. Defense kind of sucked. It just uh, wasn't a whole lot of fun to watch. And then you had the Peacock exclusive streaming game, which is good because it was apparently too cold for cable and over-the-air TV in Kansas City as the Chiefs beat the Dolphins. And then Sunday, Packers shock the Cowboys. Lions beat the Rams. The Bills shovel the Steelers and the Buccaneers beat the Eagles. Pennsylvania eliminated on the same day. Just absolutely unfortunate for the Commonwealth. They're done. Uh, and Ohio is out of the playoffs too. But uh, take a look at Western New York, Florida. You got the Green Bay, the upper Midwest just rolling. The NFC North killing it. The AFC North getting killed. So super wild card weekend is in the books. The division round is set. It'll look like this on the team sports network. Houston at the Ravens Saturday at two 30 Ravens, currently a nine point favorite. And then Packers at San Francisco, the Niners currently 10 point favorites there. That's on Saturday, Sunday. It'll be Buccaneers at lions lions, a six point favorite over the scrappy Buccos. And then the Chiefs head to Buffalo to take on the Bills. Bills two-and-a-half-point favorites. Finally, they get that game at home. And uh, that'll be this weekend on the Team Sports Network, Saturday and Sunday. And uh, hopping into this studio, we bring in uh, Tired Franzen, Baked goods. Hi. What's, what's that? What's uh, what's going on over there? What's the word? The uh, peeling back the curtain here. The engineer yeah. believes that the uh, mic processor has died. Oh, fun! Because the board, the, everything else was working. Everything else works. So you just board couldn't was talk. working. I couldn't talk. Interesting. Which I think for most people is normally a good thing. 
you know, it depends. It doesn't even matter who's over there. Either one of us probably uh, rounds of applause and parades. And, yeah. Know, so ticker tape and whatever. Exactly. The whole thing. Um, but uh, we'll we'll discuss more production elements during the commercial break. If the rest of the board works and the mic processor's crap, we'll f- have to figure that out. But uh, initial thoughts, NFL wild, super wild card weekend. It wasn't very super, to be honest, I thought. Except A lot of blowouts. For, there was one game that was really good, and I think you probably can figure out which one I'm talking about. Yeah, it was the ha-ha who gets revenge bowl. Let's get this out of the way right now. Jared Goff may have beaten the Rams. Mm-hmm. The Rams won the Super Bowl with Matthew Stafford. So this whole, yeah, ah, Jared Goff gets revenge. Eh, yeah. Give it about three weeks. Then tell me if he really got revenge. Because look, the Rams are still winning this trade. For now, they're still winning this trade. But if... Oh, it could change. I was going to say, if Detroit finds a way... The fighting, scrappy, yeah. Dan Campbell fighting, biting kneecappers, then who knows? I absolutely, if I didn't already love Dan Campbell, I loved him even more at when they're doing the halftime interview and he comes out of the locker room and they're like, well, what about your defense? He's like, well, we're right there with them. We just need to make a play or two. All the difference is one play. And then they're like, well, what about your offense? He's like, well, to be honest, we're kicking some ass. <laughs> well, yeah. All right. Yeah, you are, coach. Fair. As it turns out, that's yeah. not inaccurate. You guys had you combined for six drives, and you got three touchdowns. They got two touchdowns and a field goal. So, yeah, you know, that's pretty much, yeah, you're that's doing, you're all, doing there all right. Is. You're kicking some tail. And then they go out there and kick a bunch of field goals in the second half, and they win over the Rams. That place was nuts. Uh, I like, you know, Mr. Mathers in the crowd there. Yes. It was pretty, pretty nice. I love his imploring to Matthew Stafford. It's like, hey, just give us this one. We were, I was there for you. Just help a brother out. Yeah. Matthew Stafford did a little bit. I did something kind of cool. So I, I was watching that game and I decided to, and it took me a while, but I found the local radio Detroit Lions play by play guy. Nice. So I listened to him while I was watching the game. I, you know, it had to kind of sync it up, it up a, little a little bit. bit. Yeah. But it was, that was cool because you got the experience of like hearing the local home team announcers. Exactly. Those, those are, those can be fun too yeah. a lot of the times. So he had the six playoff games over the weekend and I uh, put down a nice little six way parlay, put a buck on it. Right? And went five and one. Ooh. Yeah. Thank you, Dallas Cowboys, for ruining my life for the weekend. Actually, they didn't even. It, they weren't even the team in Texas that ruined my life over the weekend. That would be my Cleveland Browns. What a fraud. Does it. What an absolute joke of. Does, what, it, soften, what a fraud. does it soften the blow a little bit for you because it's CJ Stroud and it's a former Ohio State quarterback, or does that make it worse? 1%. What makes it worse is that's a draft pick the Browns could have had had they not traded them all away to Deshaun, to for Deshaun Watson. Right. That may have been... No, I think the, it was either the second or the third pick was the one the Browns gave to the Texans for the Texans to be able to draft C.J. Stroud. That... the oh, sure? hey, oh, is So Houston drafted two and three. One of them was the Browns. I can't remember which one. Uh, okay. Well, I guess it doesn't really matter, though, because if it's two and three back-to-back, yeah, you know. If they if we're number three and they take C.J. Stroud, 
Maybe they don't because they still have Deshaun Watson. Who knows? So it a little, but then you go back to that and be like, well, that may have been our draft pick anyway. So it doesn't really make me that much happier as uh, the fraud that is the Cleveland Browns get exposed <laughs> over the weekend. You, so, know, you know what, though? Yeah. It was it was a good story. Joe Flacco. Joe Flacco. Joe Flacco. It was a good story right up until about 3.30 Saturday afternoon. And then it was all downhill from there. Yeah. Uh, I was talking to our uh, boss extraordinaire, Christopher Britt, because he's a Stillers fan, and they didn't particularly show up very well either. They scored more points than we did, which is nice. Good uh, for them. But I didn't even watch... The second pick six get into the end zone. I was done. I'm like, nope. Done. I noped right out of there, if you know what I mean, kids. See so, ya. Yeah, I was I, I think totally the, I was hot. I think the uh the proper Gen Z term is you yeeted yourself out of there. Yeah. Just I guess I don't threw yourself out. You're like I'm, I'm out. I, f- I feel spiritually three generations removed from Gen Z or Zillennials or whatever they're called. Yeah. So, anyway, browns, shirts, jackets, hats, all stuffed away in the man cave closet by 5 o'clock Saturday. That's how quick it was. We were were done. Ready to reemerge this August. Come on, Guardians. Pitchers and catchers report in a month. Hey, now. Let's do it. We're going to do maybe a drive-by next week of uh, Salt River Fields when we're down. In the Phoenix area, we're gonna go. Fun. Yeah, we're gonna play a little top golf. We're gonna play a little pop stroke, which is mini golf. Okay, and that's all kind of right there by the Rocky Spring Training Facility. Maybe I'll go try out. Who knows? They could could use an aging arm to play first base, if you know what I mean. Sure, I'm cheaper than uh, Ian Desmond. Oh, asking price Oof. just over two million dollars. If you're listening out there, Bill Schmidt. It, 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 look. Yeah, if, if you make the Guardians, it's guaranteed though. Gar- I'm trying out for the Rockies. I don't think I'll make the Guardians. Oh, you'd make. There's oh, hope for the playoffs there. So we we can't really try out for that team. Anyway, no. we got a lot of we got a lot going on. We got to get uh, right into it because well, we got a lot to get to today. What's happening? What's happening today? Brought to you by our friends at ComWest. If you need a technical logistical business support go to comwestcorp.com they're your technology partner helping businesses grow their business by providing quality reliable personalized technological solutions that support and they're secured their business technology consistently professionally two things we don't bring to this program is consistency and professionalism you can call comwest 970-242-8142 you can e- email them at info at comwestcorp.com send them a fax if you want to as well 242-8139 sign up to the newsletter on the website comwestcorp.com alright and uh, oh I heard heard microphone over there that's a good hopefully omen there so we'll send nibbles uh, elsewhere to 
check that out. The NFL Wild Card Weekend is in the books. The division round is set. Houston blitz Cleveland 45-14. Miami losing at Kansas City in the extreme cold 26-7. That was Saturday, Sunday. Packers shocked the Cowboys 48-32 in Dallas. Lions beat the Rams 24-23. Monday, Pittsburgh fell at Buffalo 31-17 and Tampa Bay shocked the Philadelphia Eagles 32-9 to set up the divisional round. Over the weekend, also, the CMU men's and women's basketball teams took three of four games. Women getting a split. They beat Shatteron 70-49 on Friday night and then fell to CCU 65-63 on Saturday Olivia Ree, the team's leading scorer, fouled out against the Mountain Lions. And assistant coach Hannah Pollard says the team needs to be better prepared in that scenario. We just struggle offensively when she's not in. Everything kind of runs through her. And so, yeah, we're we're working on uh, doing a better job of keeping her out of foul trouble and so that we don't get ourselves in these situations. And unfortunately, that's just the way it went tonight. On the men's side, they got the sweep as uh, they beat Shatterin in overtime, 102-95. to uh, Trevor Baskin fouled out late in the second half, but the Mavericks still were able to beat the Eagles, 102-95. And then they just hammered CCU, 82-43 over the weekend. 14 players got into the scorebook for the Mavs on Saturday, including Ethan Menzies, who was back this year after missing the last two with back-to-back ACL injuries. Got his first bucket since returning and head assistant coach Kyle Boucher is happy to see the man back in action. I mean, it's amazing to see him out there, just the amount of adversity he's gone through. And he's competed like heck to put himself in a position to go out there and be on the court. And I'd be lying if we're dying to put him out there for 30 minutes and see the Ethan of old. But it's going to take a little bit of time, you know, with some reps and with some caution, he's going to get there. Mavs back home this weekend to take on the South Dakota schools this Friday and Saturday. Friday on the team, CMU Sports Network, Saturday on 1100 KNZZ. The Palisade Bulldogs girls basketball team hit the double-digit win mark for the first time in four years. 45-32 winners over Grand Junction on Saturday. Chloe Simons and Sadie Bunker led the way with 12 points apiece. The loss drops the Tigers to 4-7. The Bulldogs win came a day after falling to Montrose, 47-32. Bulldogs play another Southwestern League team in Fruita Monument tonight. Elsewhere, Central won their second straight down in Glenwood on the road, 56-48. Central hosts Battle Mountain tonight on the Team Sports Network as part of full court coverage. We'll have Fruita and Palisade as well. Fruita also beat Glenwood, doing so Friday night in a 56-28 route. Wildcats play at Palisade tonight. Cap Rock Academy, Hammered Vale, Christian Friday, 53-13. Paige Morse, 12, helped the Eagles to the largest win, league win, in school history and the delta panthers girls team are seven and four on the season after sweeping a pair friday night they pasted steamboat 54 18 behind 16 points from bj huff before the panthers beat coleridge 68 30 saturday they've won seven straight after an 0 4 start on the boys side the panthers won back-to-back games over the weekend as well friday night joe black's 11 led them to a 58 51 win over steamboat springs saturday tucker johnson poured in 19 with Eric Bear adding 16 to help Delta pound Coleridge 66-51. Panthers forward six this season and off to a perfect 
2-0 start in the Western Slope League. Grand Junction passed their win total from last year with a 54-41 win over Palisades Saturday. Eight wins last year. They've already got nine this season under returning head coach Dutch Johnson. On the other side, Palisade falls to 6-8. and eight. They also lost to Montrose Friday, 53-33. And after a big win over Montrose Tuesday, the Central Warriors got upended by Glenwood Springs Saturday, falling to the Demons by a 58-50 mark. The Demons outscore the Warriors 8-0 in the final two minutes to drop to 6-6 six and six on the season. Colorado Avalanche forward Valerian Nachuskin will be away from the team for an indefinite amount of time after he voluntarily entered the player assistance program over the weekend. Without Nachuskin, the Avalanche allowed a pair of third-period goals and a 4-3 loss to the Canadiens in Montreal. Ross Colton, Kale McCarr, and Devon Taves all found the net for Colorado. Didn't look like we had our, our A game when it comes to the energy standpoint. We didn't manage the puck as good as we uh, normally do at times in the game, but played pretty hard and, you know, did some good things. Just didn't capitalize and gave up a few easy ones. It's Avalanche head coach Jared Bednar. The Avs are back on the ice tonight in Ottawa. The Denver Nuggets are in Philadelphia tonight, starting a five-game East Coast road trip. Nuggets are on a two-game winning streak. They beat Indiana at Ball Arena over the weekend. Four Denver starters scored at least 20 points in the win. The Joker, Jamal Murray, MPJ all putting in 25, and that's a look at what's happening. Brought to you by our friends at Com West. We'll take a break. And uh, before we take a break, do we have, did you get it uh, all straight away over there? Uh, hey, there hey. we are. Hey, all right. Heard the big. <gasps> so, yeah, we got you. We're good to go. We'll have uh, Montrose head coach Steve Skiff on the other side of a break. This is the Jim Davis Show B Team Edition on the Team Sports Network. They're a lot of fun. Oh. The Jim Davis Show. They're idiots. They're what? On Colorado's sports leader, the Team. Talking Montrose girls basketball with coach Steve Skiff on the team. Our conversation this morning with Steve Skiff brought to you by the Rick Nelson Agency and American Family Insurance. For a free comparison, call this team of licensed professionals at 970-241-0078. And back on the winning track are the Montrose Red Hawks after their win over Palisade 47-232. We welcome in their head man, Steve Skiff. Good morning, Steve. Good morning. How are you doing? Not too bad. You guys are doing pretty well as well. A 15-point win over Palisade, a Palisade team that's significantly better than they have been over the last couple of years, but uh, you guys were still able to uh, get a nice 15-point win over them up here at the Bulldog Gym. Yeah, I tell you, Coach Baver is doing a wonderful job with them, and, and they're much improved, and they continue to get better each and every game. Um, it was it was a hard fought battle. I think it was a one point game going to the fourth quarter. We were able to uh, have a good fourth quarter go our way and uh, able to get the win. But uh, it was uh, it was a hard fought game. You guys were led again, Maggie Leg with 18 points for the sophomore Macy Oberg, another sophomore with nine. Brooke Williams, uh, she had nine as well. Once you get past Maggie Leg, you still have some pretty balanced scoring, but. Man, your sophomore, she's she can score at will when she gets hot, and that seemed to be kind of what happened at times against Palisade. Yeah, Maggie had a great game for us. We asked her to do so much, you know, being our point guard, getting everybody in the right spot. She plays outstanding defense, but I thought the other night that uh, she just really did a good job. She was able to hit some threes, but she was also able to drive to the basket, uh, get herself to the foul line. I think she went eight of nine from the foul line, so... Um, she's just doing an awesome job. Great kid, great leader, and uh, could be happy for her. 
couple of questions about Maggie Lee. You mentioned she's your point guard. She does a lot for you offensively, both sides of the court, really. She's also just a sophomore. Uh, sometimes it's difficult to entrust the the operation of the offense to, to somebody that young just because they maybe don't have the experience. Maybe they're still kind of learning on the job. At what point did you realize, all right, she can handle kind of everything we're throwing at her and put her in the role of point guard? I think for me it was probably the first week of practice last year as a freshman. You know, that was one of the things um, with her and Macy being freshmen last year and playing playing up on the varsity level. I knew that that year of experience for them were gonna, was going to be huge. And really, Maggie coming in as a freshman and, and taking control of the reins, and, you know, we put a lot on her plate last year. So I knew coming into this year she could handle more. She's done a great job of doing that. And, uh, yeah, she just – that year of experience last year I think has really carried over and made her game step up even another notch this year. And with both her and uh, Macy Oberg, do you kind of lock yourself in the the chalkboard, the whiteboard room, and have like an evil laugh when you have to draw up plays for those two players with the talent that they bring to the court? You know, it is nice to have, have those two kids talent-wise, but I think the nice thing about our team is we, we have other players that are, that are stepping up as well. And, and obviously coaches are going to try to take some of your best players away. So we have players like Tegan Rocco and Haven Johnson and even Brooke Williams stepped up the other night in Grand Junction and got some great minutes for us. So I think that's probably as a coach the most exciting thing is, is yeah, we know teams are going to try to take maybe a one or two option, but we have other kids that are that are stepping up and, and filling out roles as well. You have a tough three-week stretch here coming back from your holiday break. It started with Central last week. We'll get to Glenwood tonight. You get the Warriors twice in this stretch, Fruta, Durango on the road, Eagle Valley you got a lot of young players, but as you mentioned, they got a lot of experience last year. How crucial is that to kind of lean on that? Because there may not be a ton of practice time available with seven games over 21 days. Yeah. And that's what we told the, the kids coming out of Christmas break, you know, practice time is going to be few and far between. And, and, you know, once we get into Southwestern league play, every game is going to be, you know, a battle. And, and despite records and all that, you just know that, that, Playing at Pruda, playing at Durango, you know, going down and playing at Central obviously was was not a, a good result for us. But it's just Southwestern League is such a tough league that uh, you know that's where the experience of players that have been through it I think are, are really going to benefit us. You know, we've we've had kids that have, have played in those gyms and, and played in big games, so we're excited for the stretch coming up. Now you have Glenwood Springs tonight over on our sister station, 95.7 The Monkey. They're kind of very much like you, at least schedule-wise. They're on a tour of the Western Slope. They lost to Fruta uh, over the weekend, Central as well. Taya Nykirk and Anastasia Shea both lead them, both around 13 points per game. What do you know about the Demons so far of what you've been able to gather on them? Yeah, good, solid team. I know last year they made a deep run into the playoffs, made it all the way to the um, final eight, I believe, over in the, at Denver Coliseum and stuff. And so they're well coached. Coach Moser does a great job with them. Um, they have some good height. They have some um, good shooters. So we're, we're definitely going to have to be ready. Um, we're excited. This is our, our first home game of the year. So we're, the girls are excited to play in front of their own home fans. And, and uh, yeah, we're, we're going to have to be ready for a good Glenwood team coming into our place. Shea also looks like a pretty good size, eight rebounds per game. Uh, you got a little bit of size, but it don't have a, a ton of, you know, timber there. Macy Oberg stands at 5'10". Brooke Williams uh, checks in at six foot. 
when you take a look at them, maybe defensively with somebody like a Shea, is there anything that you can see that, you know, maybe you're going to have to guard extra special against against the Demons tonight? Yeah, I think so. We're going to have to adjust some of our what we do defensively. I think the main thing and the thing that we really focused on practice even yesterday was we have to rebound the basketball. We have to rebound as a team. Um, you know, we're they, they have, along with Shea, they have some other heights that, um, you know, like to attack the offensive glass for putbacks and stuff. And so we're going to have to do a really good job on the board tonight, um, rebounding the basketball, making sure that we get it secured. And defensively, they're holding opponents to about 41 points per game, scoring kind of right at that same margin, um, just kind of as as a unit defensively. Uh, what, do they, what do they do kind of pressure-wise to maybe keep opponents off balance? Yeah, I think for them, they, they kind of switch it up a little bit. You know, they'll they'll go band some. They'll play a little bit of a zone defense. Um, obviously, with their length inside, them playing zone, it's hard to get shots around the basket. So, forces teams to, to hit some outside shots, which I, I think will be crucial for us tonight to, to be able to hit some shots on the perimeter. And, you know, they'll, they'll throw in an occasional press. So, I think for they just want to keep teams off balance. And, and so, for us, we're just going to have to recognize what they want to try to do um, and, and try to solve solve that defensive thing that they're throwing at us we'll have it tonight on 95.7 the monkey glenwood springs at montrose pregame coverage starts at 5 15 steve skiff and the girls tip at 5 30 boys at seven coach we appreciate a, a little bit of late notice this morning coming on and talking a little montrose red hawks basketball with us not a problem anytime i appreciate it absolutely good luck tonight against glenwood springs and we'll catch you down the road Sounds good, thanks. Yep, Montrose head coach Steve Skiff with us on the Jim Davis Show. That game is coming up tonight on 95.7. The Monkey, you can catch that uh, over there tonight on the Team Sports Network. It'll be full court coverage. Uh, The pile gets a lot of you and I. Yes. Yes, tonight. uh, You'll be at Palisade for Fruit of Monument Palisade. I'll be at Central for Battle Mountain and the Warriors. Coverage starts at 5 Girls at 5.30, boys at 7 for the Battle Mountain Central. Then Fruit of Monument Palisade, girls at 6, boys at 7.30. That's going to be a pair of good games. Central kind of starting to figure some things out a little bit here the last couple weeks, at least on the girls' side. Fruit of Palisade is going to be a fun one, both boys and girls. Fruit of boys still unbeaten. So you got that one tonight. Oh, yeah. That's going to be a couple of good teams coming in tonight, and it's always fun. When the Valley teams go up against each other, you know it's going to be a pretty packed house tonight. Love me a good cross-Valley showdown, especially a non-conference one. It feels like an extra special treat. It does. And it's going to be a conference game coming up uh, shortly and soon, but uh, that's uh, next year, not this year we just got to be patient yeah we gotta be we gotta wait we gotta be patient uh we're gonna have to be patient on valerian achuskin as well we talked about that a little bit last segment he yeah. is into the uh player assistance program second av to go in this year he'll be away from the team uh indefinitely the league and the union announced yesterday nachushkin will return once he's cleared by program administrators no other information was provided He's the second Avs player. As we mentioned, Sam Gerrard went in for anxiety and depression leading to alcohol abuse, and he seeked treatment from the program, and he returned to the team mid-December. Nijushkin, 22 goals, 20 assists, and 40 games this season. He's two games away from reaching the 500 regular season games plateau for his career. And, of course, this automatically makes you think back to what happened in Seattle back 
at uh, the end of April before game three. The Avs lost that series in seven, played five games without Nachushkin uh, with the, the woman in the hotel room and both heavily in top, the whole thing. Do you think that maybe the two are kind of tied together? It does seem that way, even though you don't necessarily yeah. want to go overboard with speculation. You, you don't want to speculate too much. I, so I was hanging out with our colleague, uh, Nate, who's going to be running the board mm-hmm. tonight. Uh, we were watching the hockey game last night and talking about this whole Natushkin situation, and we both more or less came to the conclusion that it doesn't – it's not that it doesn't matter if it's related to the Seattle hotel incident. Mm-hmm. It very well could um, and he might be entering for treatment for, you know, something else entirely. We, we, we just don't know. But whatever it is, you're, you're, as a person and as an Avs fan, you hope that Valerian Nachushkin gets the help that he needs and gets, gets the treatment that he clearly has probably been wanting to get for some time. Now, he's been scoring goals, he's been playing great hockey, mm-hmm. and... It's one of those things, right, where just because a guy looks like he's doing well, and this is goes for life in general, just because it looks like they're doing great and everything's going fine yeah. doesn't always mean that it is. Yeah, it doesn't mean you know really anything about him. You know, and that's it's unfortunate. I You hate to put words to it, but with some educated deduction, you can probably draw the line and connect the dots between Seattle and yesterday's announcement. Yeah. You know, and people much smarter than me could probably dive into, you know, with the distraction of playing hockey and he focused on this and the whole thing. And maybe it just wasn't working anymore. And we we hope whatever the issue that drove him to the players assistance program is something that he's able to deal with and manage. Some of these things don't necessarily have a cure. All it is is day to day management. So hopefully that is something he can find and, you know, find the peace and happiness and somewhere where he can get back to living his life regularly and then maybe after that playing hockey at a high level on top of that. Exactly. Uh, The Avs Ball Arena brethren are also on the road. The lights are dim on Chopper Circle. Now, uh, you have the Denver Nuggets starting a five-game road trip tonight in Philadelphia. Nuggets beat the Pacers 117-109 over the weekend. Michael Porter Jr., Nikola Jokic, Jamal Murray, 25-25-25. Aaron Gordon with 20. KCP slacker 11 uh nine from reggie jackson off the bench and the nuggets improved to 28 and 13 they're 17 and four at home uh oh we didn't do we'll do the standings for the avalanche here in a minute but for the nuggets they are third in the western conference right now game back of minnesota tied uh percentage well not percentage points wise but differential behind Minnesota with Oklahoma City, but Oklahoma City higher winning percentage because they've played fewer games. They are funny uh, that ahead works. of them. Yeah, it's weird. Math math will get you every single time. But uh, as it comes to uh, the division in uh, the Northwest, the, uh, the Nuggets are still third because the Timberwolves and Thunder are in their division. Northwest just absolutely killing it. And the Colorado Avalanche are second in the Central Division, a point back of Winnipeg. They have 59. They are third in the Western Conference in points right now 
and fourth in the NHL as only the Bruins uh, have more than the uh, Avs in the Eastern Conference. So there stands the Avs and Nuggets coming up. We'll talk a little college hoops, maybe uh, a dash of college football with our uh, peppering, a peppering, a pinch, a smidge with uh, Wyatt Thompson coming up in a little bit. But first, it is time for, if I can find it, pending sound check. Ladies and gentlemen, can I please have your attention? I've just been handed an urgent and horrifying news story. And I need all of you to stop what you're doing and listen. I'll give you credit for this one because you sent it to me and said Tuesday sound check. Yep. Which I probably would have found a way to weave this in at some point. I did use a question mark, but it really wasn't a question. It really wasn't, but it's okay because, again, this is just pure gold. Awesome. Uh, Our friends over at the Altitude crew and a friend of the show, Mark Mosier, had a bit of a weekend. (laughs) Yes, he did. Mark Mosier, uh, I'll I'll just let the clip speak for itself. Apparently there's a plane full of avalanche players ready to depart and they can't. Mark Mosier forgot his passport, may miss the plane. (laughs) Mosier's holding up the plane? Yeah. Imagine the thoughts going through Nathan McKinnon's head right now. Imagine. I'm so sorry, guys. I I thought I had it in my bag. Call Bednar. (laughs) (laughs) You brag to everybody about how he's been packed and ready to go for four days now. (laughs) Mosier was too focused calling into the show yelling about <laughs> Carmelo to remember his passport. Mark Mosier is on the flight. Oh, my he God. Just he, got there? he just Holy made it. He just made it. Riker says he's like the president now being escorted <laughs> down the tarmac. He had several cars behind him. Are you out of breath? How you doing, buddy? No, we're supposed to leave at 10. Um, I think everybody who wants to kill me, sure. Maybe. Who knows? Come on. I'm, but I made it. I'm so proud of you, buddy. Have a good flight. Yeah, that, that last part was the plane. If yeah, you they were tell. on the plane. They captured the video of Moj walking on. What I, I swear I would have loved to have heard what Bednar's thoughts were. Bednar, McKinnon, any of them. Be it, like, are you serious? Well, you know, guys sometimes forget their passports. And uh, <laughs> it's... <laughs> You know, that's just not that's just not very good hockey, and we got to do better about uh, making sure we remember our passports. You know, guys are checking in mm-hmm. their bags, yep. and you know, and that's not the only delay that Altitude KSE has had because trying to leave Denver yesterday, the Nuggets boarded it. Um, this is a purely on Katie Wingy's Instagram. Yes. Boarded at like 11.30, supposed to leave at noon, finally got off the ground at like 5.30, 5.45. Because of the weather. Because of the weather and de-icing and the whole thing. So, Ugh. yeah, it was, it was a little bit of an adventure for the Altitude crews and the KSC teams yes. over the weekend. Although, the Nuggets, that one's a probably easier to sit on the plane and fly to the East Coast. Yeah. Avalanche, if you're waiting literally for the talking hairdo to go get his passport. Oh, that's... That's rough. Man, that's rough. That is rough. (laughs) I'd make him sit in the back, too. 
I have to walk past like, every nope. single person sitting on that plane. <laughs> like Game of Thrones. Shame. Yep. Shame. Shame. <laughs> Shame. All right. I don't know why I turned my mic off. We'll take a break. Come back with Wyatt Thompson on the other side. It's the Jim Davis Show, a B-Team edition on the Team Sports Network. Yeah, I think they're like the best on the radio. At least at the pro level, the best of the best. The Jim Davis Show on Colorado's sports leader, the team. Talking college basketball with the team's insider, Wyatt Thompson. On the Jim Davis Show. And we bring in the voice of the Kansas State Wildcats, Wyatt Thompson. Wyatt, are you guys thawed out or are you still sub-zero out there? <laughs> we have not gotten anywhere in the vicinity of thought out uh, as a matter of fact we're probably going to be somewhere in the vicinity of oh probably 10 to 15 below right now with the wind chill uh supposed to get a little bit better starting tomorrow though and we are all looking forward to it it's been uh bitterly bitterly cold here for a while how about you guys uh you know it it felt chilly, re- but not yeah. like horrible. Yeah, it felt really uh-huh. cold this morning at 15 above, and now I'm not yeah. not nearly as cold. <laughs> hearing, <laughs> hearing the weather update from Kansas, but uh, no Andy Reid style frozen mustache, though, right? No, not quite that bad. You know, we were playing in Lubbock on Saturday, and then got back in time to watch uh, the second half, and that's one of the first things I saw uh, was that shot. Um, actually, I saw it on Twitter of the mustache, and I thought, well, that pretty much puts it into perspective. It was amazingly cold there, and I I think they said that it was the fourth coldest game in the history of the NFL, and yet they had a great crowd and, and won a ball game. It was, it was nuts. Really, really, truly was. And you know what? It's interesting, too. When it's so cold here, when we got into Lubbock, it was like in the low 30s with a 40-mile-an-hour wind and had some rain, and that felt great. How weird ima- is that? I can imagine. We were watching that game Saturday night. My wife looked at me, and she's like, would you endure that to watch the Browns? And I said, nope. <laughs> not, not even. Absolutely at, not. Not even at all, because I know how it happens, especially with the way they played on Saturday. Anyway, college football, real quick, before we get into the basketball. Kalen yeah. DeBoer, now the uh, head man last week, a little nutty with Saban and Carroll and Belichick, but now uh, Bama's got their guy in Kalen DeBoer, right? Yeah, and it didn't take them long, did it? No, I mean, it didn't. Let, let's be honest. They're Alabama, and they can go out and kind of kind of do what they need to do, and I thought they got a really, really good coach very quickly. You'd never really know, fellas, you know, I guess I'll call this under the table, what uh, really was going on in terms of how quickly did they have a feel or know that Coach Saban was going to say, you know, I'm I'm kind of done. I don't know if you have any feel for that at all. I don't. But but the point of the story is is that because they moved so quickly, I just wonder if they didn't have at least some type of idea that it was a pretty decent possibility. You buy that? Yeah, I and I've heard the story pretty much everything that's been public is, you know, he goes into this meeting after interviewing wide receiver coach candidates that, you know, mm-hmm. and then he goes into the meeting and retires. And then two days later, Kalen DeBoer is the new guy. That felt quick, but I'm with you. It it didn't feel like it was unexpected, I guess, from the Tuscaloosa standpoint. And and he admitted uh, that that this year had been a little more difficult for him. And I I am of the opinion, and I think there are others, too, that follow college football pretty closely, that 
even though he's never going to get credit for it, I think this is one of his best coaching jobs to get that team to where they were the 1st of September into the Final Four was, I think, an extraordinary job. And, um, you know, as, as I think back on his career and, and what have you, it, it's just astonishing when you look at, as an example, his numbers against other SEC teams, whether it's Georgia, LSU, it doesn't matter who it is. It's, it's just unbelievable. And I think I saw uh, a number that really caught my attention more than most in that in his 17 years at Alabama, he lost 26 games and had 44 first-round draft choices. Bonkers. Absolutely nutso numbers. I know. I, I don't know how you put that into its proper perspective. I, that, that's just mind-numbing to me. Incredible. The, the thing for me about last week is all the missed opportunities I had as a fan. Yeah. Belichick and Saban, both on the Browns coaching staff, look what happened to him. Saban <laughs> took over as the secondaries coach at Ohio State for Pete Carroll in 1980. And look at what all those guys have gone on to do. Just just missed chances around the state of Ohio for years truly with those three head coaches. You know, it's funny, too. Another thing that I saw was, a, and, and this I don't believe everything I see on Twitter, but this was another uh, tweet that was on there. Somebody had posted something about all of the coaches uh, in that certain area of Ohio, like about a, I don't, I don't know, maybe it was 70 or 80 or 90 miles um, circle of I mean, it was Chuck Knoll and Paul Brown. And, I mean, being a Cleveland, Ohio kind of guy, I'm sure you understand what that area of football is like. But it's just, it was just mind-numbing to, to realize all of the coaches that come out of there. And think about, you know, those guys that you mentioned, uh, those three, just bang, bang, bang. And, and maybe Belichick will coach again. We, I don't know that we know that. But let's say he doesn't. Um, my goodness, what a, what a trio to go out virtually within about, what, 36, 48 hours of each other? Yeah, Crazy. something like that. It was nuts. Yeah, that yeah. cradle of coaches going back to Bo and Woody and oh, yeah. the Grudens and all of those guys is absolutely crazy. One final college football question for you, and this is even more selfish. What am I getting in Will Howard? <laughs> uh, you, you, I appreciate you asking that, and, and so bluntly too, because I'll try to be as blunt as I can back. First and foremost, you're getting a winner, and one of the best young men I've been around. Um, he got thrown to the wolves early here because of, of an injury early on in his freshman year, and in the same time, it was the COVID year. He wasn't any more ready to play than the man in the moon, and I'm telling you, he got just ripped early uh, by by the media and everybody couldn't play and whatever and he he just continued to evolve and get bigger and stronger and better he was really really well coached from my opinion and perspective and I think you're getting a, a guy who you're not going to be wowed by his arm strength he's not going to remind you of a you know a John Elway or somebody like that but in terms of his football knowledge and his toughness and his leadership abilities you are getting a first-rate guy how's that i i like it i'm looking forward to it i saw i watched the texas game and i was like this guy's pretty good then it's oh, like yeah. oh he's going to ohio state I'm like, okay i can <laughs> i could get after this for a year or two 
So uh, I appreciate that. I haven't had a chance to talk to you since that news came down. I was off last Tuesday. So I'm like, you know what? Perfect yeah. guy to ask so I know exactly what I'm getting uh, come fall. And now that the national, the college football playoffs are over and we're into the NFL playoffs, college basketball is really, really getting serious. Uh, you guys are 12 and four, pretty good looking team you have there in Manhattan. You mentioned you were in Lubbock, close loss to Texas Tech tonight. It's number nine Baylor in that big 12. It's frying pan to the fire every single week. Well, that's it. I mean, there are eight teams in a 14 team league that are ranked this week. And I believe it's. Uh, maybe 10 in the top 50 of the net, something like that. I mean, it's just, you, you don't even think about one league being that strong, but, but overall net wise, it's, it's by far and away the, the number one league in the country, but you got to go prove it in March, right? Mm -hmm. They're going to beat each other up for the next couple of months. And, you know, if I'm being honest, K-State at 12 and four is pretty good after going to the elite eight last year and being within about five minutes of going to the final four. And they're not, they're projected as one of the last four in now, and Texas is out. Think about that. that that's just crazy. Texas is really pretty good. But you, you look at the, the newcomers, too. Houston's great. Cincinnati's way better than people think. BYU the same. And then next year we add Arizona, Colorado. I mean, are you kidding me? It's only going to get better, fellas. Absolutely. And. The yeah. top three teams lost. You know, you talk about the Big 12 yeah. beat each other up. <laughs> top three teams lost last week. And, you know, now UConn's number one. And I want to ask you this the final question here. We got about 90 seconds. Usually yeah. there's a the team we don't pay enough attention to. And half the time it's Marquette, it feels like. Yeah. This year I feel maybe an old Miss or Oklahoma or those teams we're not really paying enough attention to. Well, you know, there's probably several that I could come up with, and I know you're up against it time-wise here, but I think Oklahoma isn't a bad choice. I think they have a, a much better team uh, than, than most people probably perceive. Uh, they lost the other day in Lawrence, which is not a crime, by the way. Um, and in our league, I'm going to say Cincinnati. I like several teams. You mentioned Marquette, and I'm not sure why you did that, but I like their team. They haven't played optimum basketball lately, but they're so capable. Um, so let, let's let's talk about that one again next week. Let me get it some real real serious thought, because I think there are three or four teams I could get you. Really, yep. seriously. Absolutely. We will definitely do that. We'll talk teams we really should be talking more about coming up uh, next week. He's our uh, Big 12, our college basketball and football insider, Wyatt Thompson, voice of the K-State Wildcats. Thanks for a few minutes. And, uh, you know, stay close to the uh, fireplace if you uh, can today. <laughs> it actually might be above freezing here in the next couple of days. I'm looking forward to that. Hey, there you go. Shorts and T-shirts <laughs> weather for Wyatt Thompson. Thanks, Wyatt. You bet. Absolutely one of the nicest guys in the biz. Wyatt Thompson, voice of the K-State Wildcats. He's our college football and basketball insider. Hour two coming up. We'll go around the NFL on the Jim Davis Show, B-Team Edition.